It's time for Watch and Learn, the show where we discuss the life lessons we learn from the movies we watch. Today, Top Gun. Hey, Movie Maniacs, my name is Sky, and I'm ready to kick on the afterburners with my brother Dusty in person in my house. What's up, Dust? Dude, I am so ready to get back to the 80s. This is so awesome. (laughs) Me too, without a doubt, man. Yeah, how you doing? Pretty good, thank you. I'm really glad that uh, I had selected this movie for this week because it's been such a long time since I watched it. And it's totally worth rewatching, and you know it's re- worth revisiting. The movie still holds up, I should say. Over and over again, you can rewatch this movie. And as I was watching through it, there are so many iconic scenes that, as you think about the movie, you don't just think of one, like the the um, uh, dogfight at the very end, or when um, uh, who was the who was the, his his ringman? Goose? Oh, no. Iceman? No, the guy in the beginning. Um, he, he was in and out. Oh, I couldn't. He's I the one that got washed up. Yeah, I, uh, I couldn't tell you his name. I don't yeah. remember. So there's that scene. There's the volleyball scene. There's the you never close your eyes anymore. Mm-hmm. There's so many scenes that are so iconic that when you think of Top Gun, it like all these memories fly back in your head. And it's it's super awesome to go watch it again. I haven't seen it in goodness like at least 10 or 15 years, but it was really fun to go back and watch those. Yeah, me too. It's been maybe even longer for me. I can't recall. But like you said, that very last dogfight, I don't even remember that. That does not stick in my scene. It's all the character moments, the human interactions between the people that I remember. And this movie has one of my favorite actors. Mm-hmm. Val Kilmer. Yes. I absolutely love Val Kilmer. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember him in, um, what was that spy movie? Um, top secret top secret <laughs> i love that one everything like val kilmer is just fantastic i wish he would have been um like hollywood would have made him a little more prominent in a lot more movies when he i think he topped out as playing and horribly uh in those movies of batman you know that was his like his top yeah and then it went downhill from there i have no idea what happened i don't bother to look but um i think he had a few bombs like uh, island of dr moreau and some other stuff in there that maybe he wanted to get away from Hollywood or Hollywood didn't want him. Either way, after that kind of stuff. The Island of Dr. Moreau was horrible. Horrible. So that had to have been it. If you think of like... Jim Carrey's cable guy, you know, that just <laughs> yeah. ruins his career. But, you know, he picked it back after that. But uh, Val Kilmer hasn't climbed out of that hole. No. Now, what is really, really cool, deviating from Top Gun, is Top Gun 2 is going to be coming out. Did you know that? Yes, I know. And I'm assuming because at the end of this movie, Maverick says, I think I'm going to go back to Top Gun and be an instructor. My guess is he's going to be an instructor. I have no idea, haven't heard any words, but I'm looking forward to seeing Tom Cruise as an instructor. That's a That's a great guess. And it's been, 30 plus years since mm-hmm. uh, you know 34 yeah, 33 this movie 34 was uh, 1986 so oh, yeah 32 years well my goodness. and by the time it comes out i guess 33 but that's yeah that's cool so val kilmer signed on obviously tom cruise is signed on um what was interesting is when i started watching tom, uh, top gun the first one um was seeing jerry brookheimer i didn't yeah. know his name back then obviously mm-hmm. um now i see jerry brookheimer's name on as a producer i was like oh look at that and now he's actually uh, Brookheimer is producing also Top Gun 2 as yeah. well. 
Totally. And when you watch Top Gun, especially those uh, beginning scenes on the aircraft carrier, it feels Bruckheimer-esque. It you does. know, from all those Bruckheimer movies we grew up through the 90s watching, it does feel like it. Like, he has his general style, the way he likes to film things. Of course, he was just a producer on this one, but producers have a ton of input helping the director Lots. and stuff. So you could see how his style maybe developed or started developing with this movie, and then he took it off through the 80s and 90s and the thousands, you know? Definitely. And what's also great is you it makes you flash back to like the 80s style movies even obviously this was made in the 80s but you know being um having watched it being young thinking oh look at that this is so cool i want to be a fighter pilot when i get older and all that sort of stuff and now going back and watching again it just brings brings back so many floods of memories of when we were a kid i think if it's 1986 i was um seven years old yeah you know seven maybe eight years old and yeah it's super super fun to watch it again and also how many awesome actors yes. are in it? Not knowing, like, I don't know which, like, the chicken or the egg, which one came first. Like, if these actors are awesome and they just got, the movie got lucky and got all of these good actors in there, or this movie helped to launch them into their career that made them into good actors. Yeah, possibly some of them. My, my guess is some of them, like Tom Skerritt and Michael Ironside, they've probably been acting since the 60s or 70s. But yeah, all the younger ones, Val Kilmer, um, as well as Tom Cruise, this probably propelled quite a few of them. Um, but getting back to the eight, 1986, you know, you were seven, I was nine years old. Some of the other movies that came out at this time was Aliens, of course. Uh. Platoon came out. Stand By Me, which you and I watched a ton of times growing up. Big Trouble in Little China. That's a good movie. That came out in 86, yeah. yeah. And, of course, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. <laughs> that so, was a big year. Yeah, it was a big year. Yeah, all those movies are just so iconic. You and I grew up with all of them. I didn't watch Platoon until way later in life. I didn't watch it as a kid. But Aliens and all the others, all throughout the 80s and 90s, we watched those over and over those again. Those are all great movies. Ones that we would probably go over on this show Mm -hmm. you know watch and then get lessons from because i remember growing up watching those movies like man i probably am shaped i mean especially like ferris bueller like (laughs) i would probably like i want to do what ferris bueller did 100 percent, everybody did (laughs) yeah um well and top gun in that year 1986 was the number one total domestic grossing movie kick kick uh kicked everyone's butt except for crocodile dundee was a close number two what? Yeah, can you believe it? Crocodile Dundee? Crocodile I mean, Dundee. It just when you think back to it, yes, we watched it, we loved it. Australia was a big thing. Throw another shrimp on the Barbie. Everybody was like Australia, uh, Australia fetish, not fetish, but I mean, everybody had this romantic idea of Australian drinking Foster's beer and stuff. So Crocodile Dundee was a huge hit. That's that's great. I thoroughly enjoyed Crocodile Dundee. That was a good movie. Part two was also really fun too. Mm-hmm. We, I, I, one of my lessons I've learned, and remember we talked about it with um, in one of our previous shows. But oh, it was with the Meg. I learned from Crocodile Dundee, you can kill fish or anything in the water with dynamite totally. and, you know, the explosives and everything. So that was a, man, that would sound like a, a pretty awesome year. We watched a lot of movies. Yeah. Oh, we did. <laughs> we did. It was it was a great year. Um, Probably something you never watched, but Oprah Winfrey show debuted that year. Oh, I was so not watching that. <laughs> I know, me either. But, and I don't remember this, so I'm sure it was a huge thing at the time. Haley's Comet passed by in 86. I remember that. I remember our mom and dad being like, oh, it's Haley's Comet's coming in. It's like, what's the big deal yeah <laughs> but hey it's, it is a isn't big it 80 deal. every 86 years if i remember the something number, like right? that yeah yeah right around there um something else too 
Studio Ghibli released its first movie, Lupita, Castle in the Sky. That's just one of those crazy, or not one of, it's probably the biggest, most well-known Japanese animation uh, companies. They made Princess Mononoke and Spirited Away. Just crazy big hits around the world, you know. But yeah, 1986 was a pretty good year, man. I think I think for the most part, 80s was a great year to grow up in for you and I. I completely agree. Mm-hmm. Everything about the 80s was just rather fun. Now, um, you know, going to the 90s, I'm thinking, man, what was the... There wasn't too many thing, big things in the 90s. Obviously, there were, but it wasn't as iconic. Like the 70s, we know the 70s was like... 80s had the 80s hairstyle, 80s, 80s colors, mm-hmm. and all, just all that sort of stuff. 90s, you know, when we were in high school, just kind of like just 90s. R&B or hip-hop in the 90s. Uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air is perfect 90s. Like, there you if go. you want one TV show that encapul- encapsulates the 90s, it was probably The Simpsons and Fresh Prince. That's a good those point. Those two, I would say. Um, yeah, and also, I guess maybe like stuff like uh, Home Improvement 2 in the 90s. Oh, yeah. You want to think of the 90s, yeah. what, you know, and lots of baggy, lots of baggy, wide, you know, clothes that people were wearing. And Married with Children. Married with Children, too. Yeah, yeah it was totally a good, 90s. good movie. So I got a win place show for you. Oh, sweet. That I want to do with you. So I want to throw in in an actor like Will Smith, but he hasn't been around nearly as long. But okay, so since we're talking about Top Gun, I'm not going to throw Tom Cruise in there because we've already done a couple movies, but I want to throw in um, a few different actors. So which actors win play show for you? We have, okay. So, uh, you know, obviously think of all their movies combined. I, it could be like, if you're going to pick the f- one, the, you know, the first actor that you're going to watch all their movies and just those movies, yeah. two and three. So you have Bruce Willis. Okay. Then Mel Gibson. Oh. And Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh. So you have, you know, Bruce Willis. Yeah. Mel Gibson, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Win play show. Okay. Um, Alrighty. The very first thing that pops to mind, I know who my show is. It's uh, Mel Gibson. Like, he's been in tons of great movies. The original Mad Max, Beyond Thunderdome, Braveheart. Um, he's directed so many movies. He's He is a really great actor as well. But... For the fun factor, I guaranteed Arnold Schwarzenegger and Bruce Willis movies are more fun for me. They're the kinds of movies that I want to watch. I love seeing them up on the screen. Now, if we contrast now, so we know who show is, uh, for win in place, Arnold or Bruce Willis, um, I have to give it to Arnold because of maybe four different movies. Number one would be Predator. Number two is Commando. Oh, yeah. Love Commando. Absolutely. Um, and then number three would be um, Last Action Hero. It's not a great movie, but it is super entertaining. fun. It's entertaining. super entertaining. Yeah. Um, and the last one would be True Lies. That was a good movie. Yes. That Very was, well. That's a great movie. Good story. Yep. So for those four, they're so much fun to watch. I can re- Maybe not Last Action Hero. I can't rewatch over and over again. But at least those other three, I can watch those before any other Bruce Willis. I mean, the original Die Hard was great. Um, he recently did Death Wish, which was pretty darn good. But for the most part, in Sixth Sense, it's not super rewatchable, but that was such a great movie, M. Night Shyamalan's debut. But really, Arnold Schwarzenegger ahead of that, yeah. But then because of like the action and stuff, um, all the diehards, I would have to put Bruce Willis as number two in that lineup. Or, you know, show. Yeah. Or no, I'm sorry, place. place. 
So I think that logic hits home for me because thinking of Mel Gibson, I love Mel Gibson's movies. I think Braveheart's probably one of my top, top movies, mm-hmm. but you get so drained when you're, when you get done watching it. You're did like, you, do oh. you remember, did you ever own the uh, video cassette of Braveheart? I did in college. Did you own it? Yes. It was two cassettes two. in one box. <laughs> now that I think about it, oh my gosh, that's like, that's crazy that I'm watching two whole video cassettes right there. That's a long movie. It's a long movie. And it it's draining too. Like so, so many ups and downs. Anyways, yeah. we can you know, have to keep going on Braveheart. Um, the other movies from um, from Mel Gibson are fantastic, but they're rewatchable. I could rewatch them, but they're not as like uplift, not uplifting. That's not the right word. Just entertaining. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. you're right. Arnold does have some. So that would be, you know, as you say it, very, very good. Like Die Hard is one of my top movies too, um, as far as just watchable factor. I could watch Die Hard over and over again, um, but it doesn't rack up with like Predator. I would definitely watch Predator over Die Hard personally. But yeah, so I'm right with you. Arnold Schwarzenegger, Bruce Willis, then Mel Gibson. And I can't believe I left it out. I said four movies. I named those four. Number one at the t- at, on the list should have actually been... Twins? No. <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> twins. And then maybe if they do triplets someday. Did you hear about that? No. With I... Eddie Murphy being a long lost triplet. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that'll ever happen, but that that's what they, awesome. you know, triplets. Um, no, the Terminator movies. I didn't mention Terminator. Absolutely. One and two belong at the top. Now the three and four, and I think however many there are now, they kind of trail off in my mind. They did, yeah. One and two are fantastic, mm-hmm. without a doubt. And part two is probably better than part one. Definitely more rewatchable than yes. part one. Yes. Part one kicked everything off, but part two took <laughs> it to a whole new level. It's one of those few sequels. They say The Godfather 2 is better than part one. But other than that, there's very few sequels that are better. Aliens is better than Alien 1, I believe. So maybe those are three sequels that kick butt over the first. I agree. There are very few. And you're you're absolutely right. Um, but you also have Conan the Barbarian and all the Conan movies. Anyways, we, we can go back to Top Gun. But yeah, yeah I, I love um, watching all these fun movies back that, as we grew up watching them. It just makes mm-hmm. you... Think back to when you were a kid and watching all these good movies. Oh, without a doubt, yeah. Uh, speaking of good movies, this movie was directed by Tony Scott, and he directed quite a few other ones, including The Last Boy Scout, a great Bruce Willis movie, Crimson Tide, a really good Denzel Washington, and Gene Hackman movie, of course, and then uh, Beverly Hills Cop 2, which oh, yeah, uh, I haven't seen it in such a long time, but I remember it being really funny. I don't know if it's funnier than the first, but I think one and two are really good. Yeah, yeah, one is very good. Two was... I, it, if I remember correctly, it compares, but doesn't overtake gotcha. one. Okay. Cool beans. Yeah, man. So really great director for this movie. And he killed it. He killed it with Top Gun, I really thought. I love all the, it's not really one-liners, but like the quotes in Top Gun. Like yes. it's, There's so many awesome quotes that I had to look up a bunch of quotes for you. So let me go ahead and give you some quotes. That, okay. So um, you're going to remember plenty of these, obviously, because we just watched it. But um, I love the the um, uh, tower commander who says, I want some butts. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> want, and let's see. Let me go through a list of them. Um, obviously, I feel the need. The need? For speed. For speed. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's a good one. When I rewatch the trailer, that's in the trailer. One of the most iconic lines in the oh, trailer. But Pausing the quote idea, going over the trailer. It's such an 80s trailer. It like is. the uh, voiceover yes. on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so corny. It but when we were young, this is so cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, let's see what else we got here. Your ego is writing checks. Your body can't cash. Exactly. Your ego is writing checks. Your body can't cash. Um, and also, crash and burn, huh, Mav? Slider. 
you stink. (laughs) (laughs) Good comeback, man. Yeah. (laughs) Great balls of fire. And the iconic line at the end of the movie, Val Kilmer comes up, you can be my wingman anytime. No, you can be mine. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, There's so, it's so many, so many good ones. And, um, he goes, I don't fly with you because you're dangerous. That's right, Iceman. Yeah. I am dangerous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So good. Yep. So, so good. Love it. You know, something uh, that's really 80s. There's a few things really 80s about this movie, too, is the music. And I noticed as I was watching it, they play Highway to the Danger Zone three different times in the movie. It's not even the movie theme song. I, I, I guess it's like technically what, you know, everybody knows about the movie. But I mean, um, it's not the theme song. They just play it three times. And that song, Take My Breath Away, which I think really irks you, right? Absolutely. I had that, had that song. Yeah, I'm not a fan of it either. But they play it four different times in four different scenes between Tom uh, Cruise and Kelly McGillis. Oh, wow. you know what blew me away? Um, if you When I watched the trailer, uh, like you said, it's super 80s. But at the end of the movie, or at the end of the trailer, they show the Top Gun logo with Tom Cruise and Kelly McGillis's name next to it. Was huh. Kelly McGillis really like, was she the thing back in 86? I, you got me. Because if her name is up on the marquee, she's got to be a draw, or at least the studio thinks she's a draw. Yeah, definitely. And Tom Cruise, obviously, he's the star. Mm-hmm. Um, he came off of... Um, well, just before this one, he came off of Legend. Legend, he did, yes. uh, the, um With uh, Tim Curry. Risky Business movie. before Risky that. Risky Business, yeah. Yeah. Um, after this, he did The Color of Money right away, which I haven't seen in a long time, but a really good movie, I think, with Paul Newman. Um but yeah, 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 yeah. So he was the star. Oh, speaking of him being the star, I took a look at some, um, uh, I guess, trivia behind the movie. Matthew Modine turned down the role um, because he objected to the Cold War politics. But all these other actors turned it down. Patrick Swayze, Emilio Estevez, Nicolas Cage, John Cusack, Matthew Broderick. I really couldn't see Matthew Broderick in this role. Seriously. But, I mean, he turned it down, supposedly. Sean Penn, Michael J. Fox. I love Michael J. Fox, but I couldn't see him in no. the role as Matthew. He, he is a good Doc Hollywood. Yeah, yeah well, with that, yeah, he's a good Doc Hollywood, yep. Um, Scott Bayo and Tom Hanks all turned it down. Scott Bayo turned it down. Yeah, I know, <laughs> yeah. Supposedly. You Tom know. Hanks, too? Oh, mm-hmm. my goodness. Supposedly, mm-hmm. yeah, other people were considered for the role, uh, like even Robert Downey Jr. and Kevin Bacon and Rob Lowe. But I mean, Tom Cruise got it, he was already a star ahead of this. But I think this movie put him on the map, it absolutely did. I mean, it's such an, an iconic movie, but I mean, like you have Val Kilmer playing Iceman, um, and uh, I can't think of anybody's names. If Val Kilmer would have been Maverick's role, Val Kilmer could be where Tom Cruise is right now. Very possibly. Very, very possibly. Man, when you watch that movie, Val Kilmer is... There's no wonder my wife loves Val Kilmer. He is such a good-looking guy. He is. So devastatingly handsome. If he walks into a room, every chick will flock to him. Guaranteed. Which is kind of a bummer when you see him like in pictures from the early 2000s and 90s. He ballooned he, up, man. I don't know what happened to him. He doesn't I don't look know all that good. Hopefully, like I saw pictures um, or a video of him or something recently in the last, I don't know, six months. Mm-hmm. He, he looks, he doesn't look like the normal Val Kilmer. But I remember the movie Heat. He was in the movie Heat. And that was a fantastic, like that fight scene where they're robbing the bank. Oh my gosh. That was just incredible. Brilliant You've never scene. seen something like that in a movie. So before. realistic. Never yeah. seen a realistic shootout like that. Absolutely. Right. So I want to talk about um, Kenny Loggins. Oh. You know who Kenny Loggins is? <laughs> yes, I know Kenny Loggins. So Kenny Loggins wrote the song, or you know, sang and wrote and all. I, I think he wrote. I'm just assuming. But he was a singer for um, the theme song. 
here. And so I got a couple of his other songs. Let me pull them up. So it, have you ever seen Caddyshack? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Of course. So he, he, that's his song, you know, it's all right. Mm-hmm. Nobody. And he got, he has that one. He's got plenty of other ones that I either, either have not either watched the movie to, but he's written plenty of movie ones, but he also, the um, Footloose is another, you know, gotta, gotta have it Footloose. Yeah. Like he wrote that song. Um, he's a multi-millionaire just from royalties from those movies that were or the songs that were in hit movies like that absolutely and there's another movie that i i, I really like you and i both watched it and it was a i we thought it was a great movie it was a sylvester stallone movie uh-huh. um it's called over the top oh yeah where he's a truck driver yes. and does the arm that wrestling. is i mean you want an 80s movie over the top's an 80 movie absolutely 80s movie as well and that one's called meet me halfway so anyways kenny loggins has at least 10 different songs that he wrote for movies that are just terrific. Like people just take that and they, they keep playing it over and over again. It's like iconic eighties music, Mm -hmm. but, uh, or also what I, I heard a interview from somebody else Kenny Loggins and Kenny Loggins was talking about his popularity and about his music and being a little more humble. He said, you know what? I was just the right guy at the right time. Like Mm -hmm. my music hit, perfectly and it just carried you know from writing the first one to how it kept going and kept going um but yeah so everybody loved that type of music what was the first one was top gun the first one so i looked it up and his first song that was a big hit it seems like it's in 1980 from caddyshack it's called i'm all right you know i'm all right and so the next one so that's the I'm All Right from Caddyshack. Fantastic song. Next one, 1984. So the first one was 1980. 1984 is from Footloose, obviously. Okay, yeah. The Foot- Footloose song. The greatest movie ever made, according to uh, Star-Lord. <laughs> and then Spider-Man said never was. <laughs> yeah. uh, Meet Me Halfway from Over the Top was 1987. Danger Zone was... Oh, skip one back. So 1986 was Danger Zone mm-hmm. from Top Gun. And then also... Playing with the boys. That's his another. Uh, <laughs> that was his song too. Oh, I was going to talk about that in this movie. Oh, okay. That scene. Yeah. And nobody's fool from Caddyshack Two. Mm-hmm. That's another one. Nineteen eighty-eight. Mm. Um, okay, that's it. Well, yeah. It sounds like you hit the biggest ones right there. So two things. Going back to Caddyshack, I have my opinion on this. I want to know what yours is. Well, when was the last time you saw the movie? Caddyshack. Yeah. I would say probably at least. 15 years ago, maybe okay. maybe 17 years ago. Do you think it holds up today? I would watch it absolutely over and over again. I don't know what you mean by holds up. Like, would the people, like, if they put it out now? No, just, is it still a good movie? Oh, absolutely. In my you opinion, so? yes, I do. I don't think so at all. It's pretty darn boring. And wow. it's not so funny at all. Chevy Chase, he's in a good portion of the movie. He's not really funny. The main golfer kid guy isn't really funny. No. Um, Rodney Dangerfield's the only funny part, as well as the groundskeeper, um, Bill Murray. Bill Murray. You don't remember but the ground- he has such a small part in it. He does. Yeah. That it's not, and the whole gopher stuff, the gopher itself is kind of cute, but like really it's not that funny of a movie, not what people remember it. So if you watch it again, I bet if, you're, if your idea is that you would give it an 80 right now, after you watch it, I bet you would give it a 60. It might. Because when I think of Caddyshack, I think of Bill Murray. That's always, you know, him swinging that, I don't know what what it was. It might have been a putter or it might have been a yard tool and hitting the flowers. And I remember watching some like behind the scenes thing about um, the director literally said to Bill Murray, 
hey, improv something really funny. We just want to, you need to get something of you in there. And then he improvs that whole entire thing out of the top of his head and, um, you know, destroying the flowers. So whenever I think of Caddyshack, my mind goes to him uh-huh. hitting those flowers. But yeah, so if you think also back to Chevy Chase, do you think, Chev- do you like Chevy Chase at all in the movie? Is he a, a memorable part? No. Probably not. Is no. that golfer guy? I can't think of the actor's name, but is he a memorable no. part? No. Rodney Dangerfield, yes. Is, memorable. yes, yes. That's it. You got two parts, Bill Murray, and I'm sorry to uh, burst your bubble there. Yeah. But, I mean, you could watch it again. Maybe you will feel that it's still a 90 or an 80, whatever you as, think as, Yeah, as I'm thinking about it, story-wise, um, yes and no. I mean, obviously, Caddyshack, too. That thing's, that one's amazing. I'm just, I'm just kidding. There was, <laughs> With Hartoonian, right? <laughs> yes, Hartoonian. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so that's a, that's a good point. So, Kenny Loggins has... I mean, he's definitely made tons and tons, I think, made tons and tons of movie, but he's, or uh, money, but he's made a lot of iconic songs for iconic movies. Well, without a doubt he has. And yeah. I, I don't know, I, I think it does help, because when I think of Top Gun, I think of oh, Danger Zone. Just like when you think of Rocky, you think of Eye of the Tiger. Whenever I play Eye of the Tiger, I just immediately think of Rocky. And so it, it works well, really well together. Without a doubt it does, yeah. Songs are, in, or the music and the score and everything, it's an integral part of any good movie. Not any good movie. No Country for Old Men has almost no music, has almost no soundtrack. It's all just dialogue and then sound effects, cars driving, gunshots and stuff. I have never seen it. Maybe oh, I should watch it's, it. It's worth watching. Is it worth for it? For sure, yeah. But it's one of the few movies that, without a lot of music, oh, also like A Quiet Place, I guess, too. Um, there's some music in it. But yeah, most movies, The re- one of the reasons why you love it is because the music they choose is perfect. And there's no better example than like a lot of the 80s movies and those iconic songs that go with it. And the two Guardians of the Galaxy movies. And even the two Deadpools. There's some crazy good music choices that stick in your head that help you to remember those movies. And there's also one that... Have you seen the movie Sing? It's a cartoon? No, I refuse to watch it. Okay. I mean, I will watch it someday, but 80... 85. Well, no, when I'm 60 and I have grandkids. There you go. <laughs> so it is actually entertaining because they have so many pop culture songs mm. in there that as you're watching it, it's like, oh, I know that song. You kind of, you so know, even if the story's not good, those songs kind of helped you enjoy it. Yeah. And the story yeah. is actually pretty entertaining as oh, well. Okay. So I would, you know, I'm not like a uh, like you where I, I think every, almost every single movie is good I actually entertain I was entertained I actually enjoy, enjoyed good. it so if you ever like if the boys ever want to watch it definitely you should watch it it's yeah. a fun movie to watch okay cool beans so we started talking about this for 80s music right the other thing that was quintessential 80s for me were some of the actors in this movie you have Tom Skerritt who you don't see act anymore he could be R.I. Possible, for all I know. Um, but Tom Skerritt's great. Michael Ironside. You've got to love Michael Ironside. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, you've seen him in so many different movies, but especially in Starship Troopers. I love Michael Ironside from that. Absolutely. But that was a 90s movie, but still, I just remember him from the 80s. So, pause your thought of the different actors, which we'll get back to. But his character, his name is Jester. Mm-hmm. Completely opposite of his personality. Oh, 100%. Yes. Absolutely. He could have just been called stoic, you know, in the movie or something (laughs) like, or just serious or I don't know, something like, yeah, I know what you're saying. Totally. And the other actor, two other actors, James Tolkien, who by name, I didn't know I had to look him up in IMDb, but he's just, um, you know, principal... Skinner? Not Skinner. I'm thinking principal Skinner from The Simpsons, but principal Slat... Oh my gosh. Strickland. Principal Strickland from the... 
Back to the Future movies. Yes. That's he was, what it was. Yes. He was good in that too. Mm-hmm. So um, like those three actors mainly. And a lot of the a lot of the side actors along with Tom Cruise, they were guys that you saw in a lot of 80 movies, but you haven't seen them since in the 90s and 2000s. Yeah. So in looking at the other ones, Anthony Edwards, he's been in a couple of the movies. That was Goose. Um, like he said, Tom Scary has been in plenty of one. Michael Ironside's great. John Stockwell, he played Cougar. Cougar's the, the guy Cougar's that Cougar's the guy, yes. Yeah, you haven't seen him very much. But as I go through, Tim Robbins is one. My favorite movie of Tim Robbins, absolutely, hands down, is Team America. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I agree with you. Best thing Tim Robbins has ever been ever in. Done, ever yep. been in. Is a, t- close, a close, or maybe a distant second is Shawshank Redemption. Ah, oh, yes. A distant <laughs> second, yes. <Yeah. laughs> uh, but you also have Meg Ryan in there. I know. You know? I when I watched it and saw that part, I forgot that she was in it. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Um, there are pl- plenty of other people in there, but yeah, it's really neat to see how many n- uh, actors have gone on to do other things that you really recognize. Mm-hmm. And some that you've never seen since too. Exactly. Of course, yeah. As with any movie. Well, th- that guy that played Cougar, John Stockwell, you don't see him in very many other movies. I mean, plus he's only in the movie for like five minutes mm-hmm. at most. So, yeah. uh, y- you know, one of the things as I was watching this movie, 20 or 25 times hot shots popped up in my head absolutely i I can't help it the best time was when um tom cruise or maverick got inverted yes and i remember the inverted (laughs) and you know you see goose taking the picture but you see in (laughs) hot shots all the playing cards and like things fall out and hit the hit the glass and it's like oh man and then the wings hit the other way yeah so good and with hot shots he's why do you come to me well because you're the best of what's left. I yeah. <laughs> love that. Yep, you're not the best of the best. Yep, you're the best of what's left. I love it. Yeah, Hot Shots. I mean, you can't, you really can't beat Hot Shots. It's one of the best, you know, you know how I said Val Kilmer's super handsome? All the other guys in that initial room when Tom Cruise went to the Top Gun school and Michael Ironside's giving his speech to everybody, Tom Skerritt's giving his speech, you see, uh, you know, all these handsome dudes. And the first thing that popped into my head was from Hot Shots, Lloyd Bridges saying, looking out at all you wonderful men, I can't help wishing I was 30 years younger. And a woman. And a woman. <laughs> I loved it. Hot Shots was just a perfect movie, a perfect spoof of Top Gun. And Hot Shots came out in 1991, so that was what five years later. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they, it, it was it was good because you still have people remember Top Gun. Yeah. And then this one comes out, obviously it blows it out of the water, uh, it meaning does. like funny and, mm-hmm. and making fun of it. Totally. What did you think? Okay, so we talked about Kelly McGillis a little little bit, and I don't recall her being a super big, well known actress. Did you see or feel much chemistry between Tom Cruise and Kelly McGillis? Oh, that's a great question. Not as much as I would feel in other movies. Like when we just did Blended, mm-hmm. you could see a lot of chemistry there. With with them, to, uh, Tom Cruise and uh, Kelly McGillis? Yeah. No, uh, yes Probably no. more than, you know, The Rock and oh, Nev Campbell that and was, Skyscraper. That was like, oh, gut-wrenching. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. goodness. I'm... I'm going to throw up right now. Mm-hmm, this is mm-hmm. horrible. But yeah, uh, also, because you see them so much more in the movie uh, together, yeah. Tom Cruise and Kelly McGillis, you see I guess them that more maybe helps develop the uh, chemistry between them. I think Kelly McGillis, her, either it's her personality or the way she played the character made you really, made me not feel like she was really into it. Maybe yeah. That's probably what it is. Like at the beginning, she didn't want to be into him and then in the end it was but yeah how about you what do you think yeah I I agree not much chemistry there she is kind of an uptight school instructor and then all of a sudden this young hotshot comes in 
and wants to pick her up. If you look at the bar scene, I rewound it to watch it again. There's not too many shots of other girls in the bar, but of the few that are there, they're like more younger, uh, dressed up, attractive looking girls. The kind of girls that you would imagine Maverick would go for. Not the older, studious, Kellen McGillis type. And when yeah. I looked at it, I saw, oh, Tom Cruise looks like he's 24, 25. Kellen McGillis looks like she's 40 to me. She does. But there's only a five-year difference between the two. Oh, wow. Uh, you know, from when they were born. So yeah, she just appears so much older. doesn't seem like his type. Yeah, yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, I think it plays into the story because she's a contractor, civilian contractor, having lots of experience and all that sort of stuff. And so, I, yeah. And he likes experienced women, I Apparently. guess. Apparently. <laughs> hey, yeah. so one of the actors, did you say... Emilio Estevez passed up on... Supposedly, yes, from the information I saw online. Well, his brother picked up Hot Shots. He yeah. was like, hey, I got a... My brother passed on this. This I Hot Shots... I to say no to this. Charlie one. Sheen says, I'm doing Hot yeah. Shots. You know what's funny is I've never seen... I, uh, I never thought of Charlie Sheen as like like a buff dude. I knew he was handsome in the face, but then all of a sudden he stars in Hot Shots and he probably put on 30 pounds of muscle for no, it. No, no, no. Hot Shots part two. That was where he put on thirty. That's where he was You're like, right. like uh, You're Rambo. Right. Part one, he was just in a in a in a jumpsuit the whole time, looking like a regular thin dude. You're yeah. right. Yes, part two. Yeah, part part do I mean part do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally awesome. Um, so one of the things you had mentioned the song playing with the boys, if that was the title, I don't remember. I just remember those were the lyrics in the song. That scene was just super homoerotic. <laughs> you know, dudes playing volleyball together in jeans with the song playing with the boys in the background. Um, I don't, at the time, probably back in 86 when we first watched this, that probably never occurred to me. Oh, they're having fun. It's volleyball. Cool. But looking at it now, <laughs> you know, if you're a gay dude in the audience watching this, I bet you'd be pretty happy during that scene. I was thinking that in... Like, like kind, like you're talking about, it was to, because obviously Top Gun being about fighter pilots and all that sort of stuff and um, Tom Cruise, like guys are going to want to watch it, but they're going to get women involved and women excited about it. And that's why you get Take My Breath Away and all that sort of and a horrible song and, you know, you never close your eyes anymore. All yes. that. <laughs> and so they're trying to, to play obviously to the women. Um, in the audience but yeah that makes a lot of sense but that volleyball scene um that was that was rather it was enjoyable to watch mm-hmm. and just seeing tom cruise uh you know maverick always looking at a watch his watch because he has it has a date and everything but yeah there's so many iconic scenes in that that volleyball scene is definitely one of them without a wow. doubt um a couple pieces of trivia real quick this is tom cruise's before this movie he had never ridden a motorcycle he learned for this movie, went to training school, you know, wrote it for the movie and everything. And then ever since then, I think every movie he's in a motorcycle or on a motorcycle, there's a motorcycle chase quite often, especially in every single Mission Impossible movie. Yeah. But quite often, even in um, uh, just some other random movies, he's wearing, he's riding on a motorcycle. Night and Day with Cameron Diaz when he was a spy, he's on a motorcycle. Um that other movie, futuristic sci-fi, not Live, Die, Repeat, but the other one, Oblivion, might have been called. He was on some kind of weird futuristic motorcycle there. He's a motorcycle guy ever since this movie. You could tell that, yeah. Mm-hmm. What I also appreciate about him, I would be the exact same way if I were him. He learns everything. Like oh, He wants yes. to learn how to do things, like rock climbing. I know for the Mission Impossible 2, like he was really learning how to rock climb. Now, it definitely wasn't him without a harness and all that sort of stuff, You know, because he didn't want him to die and kill himself. But learning how to how to ride a helicopter, or sorry, uh, pilot a helicopter. You know, he learned that for this most recent Mission Impossible, yeah. rock climbing, riding motorcycles. I bet 
everything that he does, like it's in his movies, he wants to be able to do that. And I would be the same way. Yeah, without a doubt. And, you know, you saying that right now just reminded me or made me think of if there is an apocalypse and if there's one person I could be trying to survive with, it would be Tom Cruise because he has probably more experiences in every in so many little things in life than anybody I know. That makes sense. The only other person... We maybe may- he doesn't know planting and horticulture. Maybe he doesn't have a green <laughs> thumb, but other than that... <laughs> He'll help you survive. Yeah. Um, Bear Grylls is one I would think of. Oh, there you go. Yeah, he has a good stuff. But Tom Cruise, you're absolutely right. I remember well, he was... Uh, Tom, Tom Cruise was with a late night show, um, one of the late night show guys recently, and he was taking him parachuting. And Tom Cruise is parachuting by himself. He's not going tandem. He's He looks like he's done this a million times. Yeah. And so another thing that he has up his sleeve. So Tom Cruise is a stud. Yeah, without a doubt. And being, is. how old is he? 55? 56 or, right 56? now. 56? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's a Crazy, stud. Crazy, man. Yep. Um, and uh, oh, one other piece of trivia. Tom Cruise is three inches shorter than Kelly McGillis. So he was wearing like platform cowboy kind of boots to bump him up a little higher. And she was in a lot of her scenes not wearing shoes. So she would come down a little bit. He would go up to give them an so even height. So how tall is he? Five, six? I don't know how tall he is, but she's three inches taller. That's How'd what I saw. Him? Yeah, I just saw, you know, when Googling some stuff about the movie. I, I've always known Tom Cruise to be a little shorter. And mm-hmm. obviously, I'm, I'm only like five, nine, so I'm not that tall at all. I know you and I are really close to the same height. Um, if he's like five, six, five, seven, then if she is like five, ten, I was thinking he was in that uh, a movie. I don't, I don't think I watched it, but um, with Cameron Diaz. Mm-hmm. Cameron Diaz is tall, you know, and so... More than likely, he was standing on a box, or he yeah. was standing because he was a little bit taller than her. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, uh, but hey, it, it gets the good movie shot and everything like that. But um, it makes it; they still do a good job to make it look believable. I remember Robert Redford; he's a short dude. I think he's probably shorter than Tom Cruise. What? Yeah, really? Yeah, Robert Redford is pretty you would short. Have no idea in watching his movies. Absolutely, but he's short, and now he's not like midget at all. But he's like maybe on par with Tom Cruise. But he obviously there's a lot of tall people in Hollywood, and so he has to literally, you know, yeah. do something to where you don't see his legs you just see the shot of him up you know from his waist up and everything so yeah it's interesting seeing the same thing with like robert downey jr he's not that tall mm-hmm. but he's playing opposite what's her name um in Iron pepper potts pepper potts um, uh, yeah 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 the actors um gwyneth paltrow gwyneth paltrow yeah she, she's taller and so somehow you know anyways it's just interesting to see how hollywood actually does that sort of stuff you know try to play with the your visual expe- effects and i really remember the lord of the wing rings with um uh J.R.R. Tolkien um, was the Peter Jackson doing the so, so amazing having the perspective Force shots. perspective. Force perspective. That was super cool. So anybody listening, if you've not seen the Lord of the Rings, the making of and all the featurettes and all that sort of stuff showing how they do this amazing stuff like where Gandalf is nor, you know big and then you have Frodo small um, all that sort of stuff. You need to watch it because it's so cool how they did it. It takes so much effort to get it done, but they did a great job. Yeah, 100%. You know, when those when the extended editions of Lord of the Rings came out on DVD, I bought them, of course. I rewatched the movie at least once. I rewatched it again with the director commentary, rewatched it again with the cast commentary, and then, of course, watched all of the special feature behind-the-scenes stuff over and over. I mean, each of those movies is like two and a half to three hours, give or take. I've probably put into each volume 30 hours of watching, you know, easily, easily. Can you think of one or two iconic things that somebody would, if you're going to take anything away from watching all those hours of commentaries, think like, hey, that was neat. And you want to share. Yeah. Is there anything? Oh, um, 
No, just, well, uh, yeah, like a lot of the things, like all of the armor that they made, those were literally made by two or three dudes cutting plastic pipe into tiny little ringlets, cutting each of them, um, interlocking them, and then gluing them back together with super glue to where that they spent months and months just doing that, creating, you know, chainmail armor made yeah, out chain of plastic. Mail. So it didn't weigh a ton. Uh, uh, so it didn't weigh a ton. And they uh, rubbed off their, their uh, finger fingerprints, fingerprints in that process. Yeah, that's one of the crazy things, as well as the forced perspective, like you had mentioned, and all just the different storytelling elements. Like they took what are crazy big epic books not in length, they're not big, but in the stuff that happens in the books. And they were able to translate that to a very memorable, watchable, lovable, awesome movie series. I, I am assuming we're going to have to do Lord of the Rings eventually. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I think so. 100%. All right. So let's get to the lessons we've learned from Top Gun. Yes. So my first lesson, and when I think of Top Gun, this is one of the first things that comes to my mind. Never leave your wingman. Yes. Absolutely. Never leave your wingman. You know, he's got your back. You've got his back. If you leave him, you leave him out to dry. And it could be in anything, anything, obviously, you know, if you're um, playing any sports, you know, who's your teammate, you, you stay with them. If you're in a fight, dog fight, like, you know, in the um, fighter pilots, same thing, like but anybody that is that counting on you, you don't leave them. You don't, like, you, cause you don't want them to leave you like when you need them. So never leave your wingman without a doubt. I love that lesson. Uh, my first lesson is follow orders, whether it's at the military, the work and your boss or your wife gives you an order, follow it. You're better off that way. <laughs> Explain to me how you came up with that. Cause Maverick didn't follow very many orders. He should have. He oh. was, he was known as a hotshot. People didn't trust him. They didn't want to work with him. Iceman said, you're dangerous. And yes, I am dangerous. Whatever the, I can't remember what you said the line was, but you know, in general, once you follow and then just uh, military life just in general you've got to follow orders your bosses are there they don't have to explain everything to you if he says to you stick with your wingman if he says to you pull off and land right now there's a good reason for it maybe he's seeing more than you are you have a limited vision a limited scope of vision of what you are um you know seeing right now but your bosses the guys on the ground the guys looking at the radar the guys with the overall plans with satellite imagery AWACS, all that stuff they know more than you you've got to listen that's a great point because you have a limited perspective. You, what you see now, um, if you have, well, one thing that I could think of, so this goes into my second life lesson is I, you know, we've had plenty of other, uh, movies where we talked about life lessons would be don't follow the rules. Like rules are made to be broken. Well, that's actually the opposite of what they're made of from, uh, uh Deadpool two. That was rather funny, but you know, we talk about don't follow rules or at least be okay to break them and be okay with the punishment or repercussions if you break them. But these are orders. That's not a rule. Like Mm -hmm. this is an order from somebody else who has more knowledge than you. You might have a limited scope. The one time in the movie, and they're probably, this is only one time that I caught that was, um, I would have said that's a good decision was when Cougar was going to die. Basically they're gonna have to eject because he wasn't going to land. He flew back up because he didn't want to leave his wingman, flew back up, walked, draw, drew him back in, even though he was told to land, which I completely understand. He didn't want to lose two planes, rather just lose one. But it, it worked out. That was the one time that he didn't follow the order that actually worked out well. But um, yeah, so we talk about, um, you know, break rules, but you got to be okay with the punishments. So my my point is, follow like exactly what you said. So you follow orders. And going along with that, 
you don't want to live your life dangerous and foolish because that's what Iceman says to Maverick. You're dangerous and foolish. Like you do those things that are going to get people killed. You know, it's good. In my opinion, it's good to be a Maverick. Good, good to be somebody that is um, thinking outside the box. Like you're not a sheep. You're not just following along. But at the same time, you need to know which ones to, to follow, like which orders to follow. So right along with you. Yeah, I but love that. I don't love be that. dangerous and foolish. Yep, yep. And then, um, you know, going along with Iceman, his co-pilot was Slider, right? And my my second lesson is personal hygiene is important. Just don't be stinky. Take a shower. <laughs> nice and simple, right? Absolutely. Uh, because, like, uh, you just got it. It's, it's the way it is. If, if you do stink, people don't like to be around you. Absolutely. Just today I was working out at the gym and I was sweating a lot and got done and I was talking with some friends and I started, man, I started smelling myself. I'm like, I started back away just a little bit. Like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I want to keep my distance so they don't smell me. But, but it was you that you were smelling, not one of them? I'm pretty sure. Okay. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, maybe it might've been them. But anyways, <laughs> I just knew I was like, man, if I smell, I don't want them to be smelled. But yeah, yeah good, good one. Totally. Um, so my next one is it's totally okay to play beach, beach volleyball in jeans. Yeah. It's totally, in fact, it's might even more cool. It might be preferable. <laughs> so, well, I, the joke, that's, the, that's a fun lesson. But here's my last lesson. Talent. And this, and if you, okay, the reason why I'm bringing it up. Um, who was the bald guy? What was his name? The bald captain of the starship, or uh, sorry, starship, the uh, aircraft carrier. Um, I can't remember. They just called him sergeant the whole time or something. Um, oh, the actor's name, James Tolkien. Oh, okay. So, but I guess he was Stinger. Oh, Stinger was his uh, his code name. Okay. But I don't so, think they ever mentioned it in the movie. So the captain on the aircraft carrier, he's he's telling talking to um, Maverick saying, you got a lot of talent, maybe too much talent, which can be detrimental to have too much talent. Um, but here's my life lesson. Talent can only take you so far. Hard work, dedication, and perseverance is required to be great yes. in anything you do. Mm-hmm. I played football at Fresno State. I played running back, and I literally have like f- a fraction of the talent of a lot of the other players. So the players that had full rides that got scholarships, I actually had to walk on. You know, if you think of the movie Rudy, I was trying to do like mm-hmm. trying to walk mm-hmm. on the team, make the team, and I had a fraction of the talent as they did. So I had to work my tail off to make up for the talent that they had. I, I was lacking to make match up to what they have, and so. Like some guys wouldn't even practice. Like they would just sit there and, um, you know, ride a bicycle. Well, just, yeah, they got yeah. more talent in their pinky than exactly. you or I have. 100%. But yeah. because of that, they don't have the, or they don't develop the work ethic. Absolutely. Absolutely. They were so lazy mm-hmm. and they did, literally didn't practice and the coach would still play them because they had the talent. Yes. If they would have worked as hard as I did, because I had to work hard just to make the team and I had to work hard just to be on the team and play. Um, if they had my work ethic, they would be in the pros. They, they could were go that beyond good. college. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But as it is, they, they just stopped at college and all that. Totally. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, definitely it takes hard work, perseverance, and dedication to be great. I love that life lesson for sure. Uh, my final life lesson is let go of your ego. If you make others shine, you actually shine as well. Yeah, without a doubt. And like, you know, your ego's writing checks, your body can't cash. Well, if you just kind of support everybody, you'd be a great wingman, keep them safe. You're still doing your job. You're it's just it's like having um, you know, assists in the NBA. Like you are just as important as the guy making all the shots. If you're assisting him, passing the ball, giving him block coverage, all that kind of stuff, you know. So Absolutely. And I do also like exactly what you're saying. Um, think of somebody who's a leader. I've learned that great leaders give all the credit, but take all the blame. Yes. Like if you're leading a team, you want to make sure that your people that are following you get credit and 
if there's something wrong, you take the blame. That's, That's what right. good leaders do. So yeah, along yeah. that. When things go right, they say, we, we, we. When things go wrong, they say, I, I, I. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so let's move on to the Monday morning quarterbacks, guys. So what is your Monday morning quarterback for Top Gun? Well, mine is that Maverick should have backed off in that training exercise where Goose ended up dying. See, here's the thing. Sure, Iceman cut him off, right? But that's not really all that important. If this were a real-world battle, maybe Iceman didn't see you there. Maybe he thought you were further back, not as close. Maybe he literally just swooped in in order to get the kill shot. If that really happened in real life, you should have backed off to support. Now you're a wingman to the guy that swooped in, whether he meant to cut you off or not, because ultimately the mission is what's important. As long as that MiG gets shot down, it doesn't matter if it's you or Iceman doing it. So he should have backed off. Now, I don't know technically with the jet wash if that would have helped, if it's still, you know, I have no idea, but it just seems to me that they were both vying for position to, to shoot down the MiG. They shouldn't have done that. He Maverick should have backed off. Absolutely. And I, I, that is my Monday morning quarterback too, because one of um, another iconic scene is with Goose dying. Mm -hmm. I mean, that they have such a good relationship. You like Goose so much. Yeah. He's such a funny, fun character, has a wife and kid and all that sort of stuff. And so when he dies, that is something that, man, I wish we could take that back. Yes. Like, I wish he didn't die. Mm -hmm. Obviously, a cougar getting rounded, you know, or, you know, turning him his wings, that's, that's uh, regrettable. Um, it'd be nice if he didn't. But Goose dying, that is like in the middle of the movie. It's just like starting like uh, the second act, like that just brings everything so low. And that is, if he didn't die, that would have changed a lot of things. But yeah, my Monday morning quarterback, absolutely. Cool beans. So both of us, the same thing. Last thing, my movie prop. Actually, I have two movie props, but I don't want to take yours. What is your movie prop for this Easily. One? See, I find myself like a maverick. Um... If I were to own a basketball team, I'd buy Mark Cuban's team, the Mavericks, because mm -hmm. I like the Maverick. I like being, um, you know, in charge and I, or, you know, doing my own thing. I like making like whatever I see best. I like doing that. Um, I'm definitely not a sheep. So Mavericks helmet. Ah. I'd love to have Mavericks helmets. Should put it on the shelf. It says Maverick on it. Yeah, that was one of my choices. So since you took that, I'm gonna take Iceman's hair. I know that <laughs> I know that it was his real hair, but if they could make me a wig that looks like Iceman's hair, because that's like prototype Guile from Street Fighter. Absolutely. That's, it's a little bit shorter, but it's pre-Guile hair, yeah. and it is perfect. If I could wear that to a Halloween party um, with a little flight jacket, I would be the hit. I'd be the bride of the ball. They, I'd be the hit. <laughs> they should. I, I believe the Street Fighter guys saw Val Kilmer and said, 100%. "This is Guile. This is we're going to tailor it off." Uh -huh. <laughs> Absolutely. So one of my props was. The aviator sunglasses oh. that either Iceman has or mm -hmm. Maverick has, but I already have some of those. Yes, so I'm like, do, I already bought do. some of those. I'm wearing them, you know, around the house or not around the house, outside driving. No, around, no. So. When you're cool, the sun's always shining, baby. I forgot. You gotta yeah. wear them in the house too. <laughs> <laughs> the future's so bright. That's right. I gotta wear shades. Uh -huh. um, so yeah, absolutely. Now the last thing we want to bring up is. What is your rating for oh. this movie? Yes, yes, very good. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, I have to give it an 80. It's a great movie, fun to watch, but I really have to give it an 80 for its cultural relevance because this is the movie that made Tom Cruise really broke him through the stratosphere. He is such an icon, one of the best movie actors ever. When our kids get older and they start really watching Mission Impossible movies, when they start watching South Park and they go, why are they making fun of Tom Cruise? They have to go back and watch this movie to really get a sense of where Tom Cruise came from. So I, you got to watch this. It's an 80. I'm surprised you didn't break it any higher because hmm. mine 
rating is a 96. Oh, wow. Absolutely. Holy cow. Like, it's, a, it, it's just a terrific movie. The storyline is great. has ups and downs. Um, I see myself in Maverick like, oh, man, I would do something like that. Not be as dangerous and foolish, but, you know, kind of being against um, being told what to do. Yeah. But, um, yeah, 96 because I could definitely watch it over again. I was watching. So, YouTube, if you go to YouTube, there's so many just clips of the entire movie. Like, go from clip to clip and you can see all the, the main scenes. And there's so many in there. I could just watch those for days just over and over again. So, that as well as the storytelling as well as the awesome actors. So, you said because of the cultural relevance. So if you just watched it, like if it just came out today and we were back in 1986, what would you have given it? Is, is that what Wait, you mean? if it came out today, but we were back in 86? Sorry. <laughs> we, if it came out today, I would give this a 60 if it came out today. Because this is supposed to be an action movie, right? Did any of the action scenes really get you? The last one did. The last one with the that the was dog the fight. only scene. Well, right? I don't think it was an action movie. It was a storytelling of this whole. I've always se- thought of it as an action movie, and this doesn't feel as actiony as it could be. Plus, a movie like this nowadays, if they made this nowadays, there would be Goose was kind of the only character giving any kind of humor. They would find other spots, and hopefully, they would earn the humor. But there would be more humor within the movie as well. I really like all the character development. I like the character interactions. Most of the chemistry between characters was great. I loved Anthony Edwards and Meg Ryan. They worked well together. They worked really well. They were a good couple. Because Um, those two actors together, like each individually, are really good. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And together, they're great. But because, like, maybe I'm bringing my own baggage to it. Like, if this were in the now, it would be more action-packed and more humorous. That's why I give it an 80. I guess the reason why I don't see it as an action movie is because they go to flight school it's not action yeah and so they're learning they're i mean you don't really get a lot of action when you're learning now once they're out of the school then they actually get in action so that's why i don't see it as an action movie i see it more of a military story Mm -hmm. from beginning to end and you see ups and downs but i gotcha yeah so as I said, you know, if it were made today, obviously if it were made today, it, it doesn't compare because of the special effects and just everything else. But if we were back then, if we were our age in 1986 when it came out and we watched it and ha- didn't have any knowledge of, you know, 2018, but it, we was like, oh, this is the first time it came out. What would you give it? Uh, I'd probably give it a 90 because there's no boobies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yes, it would be a 90. I don't think it'd be a 100, but it would be a 90. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, so it's good movie. I uh, great flick. I'm really, really glad you picked it. Yeah, so am I actually. I'm actually kind of surprised I picked it because it just occurred to me like, oh, that would be fun to watch it again because I literally haven't watched it like I said, 15 or 20 years. I don't know the number, but it's been forever. That's great. I'm glad you did. Cool beans. So, uh, Dusty, well, you know, this movie was my choice. Next week, you get to choose that movie. So what are we going to watch for next week? So I am super excited, but at the same time, hesitant because I've seen, um, you know, Sony and other movies or with that company have produced other movies that haven't been the best, but I really want to see Venom. Yes, I knew you were going to say that. (laughs) Venom is... He was always one of my more favorite characters reading the comics and going through the comics. I just love the artwork and loved everything about the character. And so I'm really looking forward to it. But now I know, or at least it doesn't seem like, because I've seen a couple of trailers, even though I try not to watch them. Um, it seems like nowhere near a part of uh, the Avengers or anything like that. But 
Um, it, it's on, it's probably going to be on its own. And so I'm hesitant, but I'm anticipating a good movie, or at least I'm hoping if, if Marvel, Marvel has, and, and Feige, uh, Kevin Feige has any say in the storyline and all that sort of stuff. So I'm super looking forward to Venom. What do you think? Yeah, I, I hope so too. I'm, I'm right in line with you. I figured you'd be choosing this movie and I'm looking forward to it, <gasps> but my hopes aren't super high. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to be cautiously going into it thinking, I'm going to be let down so that if it is good, I'm like, yeah, it's even better than I thought it was. Like I won't, I won't be let down. I don't have expectations yet. Yeah, exactly. That's the way to go. I think for, for kind of unknown movies like this and from studios, like you had said, that maybe produced eh, kind of not so good movies in the past, you know? And, and, uh, what's the actor's name? Uh, is it Tom? Oh, uh, Tom Hardy. Hardy. There you go. Tom Hardy. Now he's going from DC over to Marvel. That's pretty interesting. It is? Yeah, we'll see how that shakes out. Hey, it worked really well for Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, it did, huh? You're right. <laughs> it did. So let's hopefully uh, let's hope that this movie follows suit. So now that you know how we feel about Top Gun, we'd love to hear your thoughts. And not just your thoughts on the movie, but also on any life lessons you took away from it. So please go to the show notes page, watchandlearnpodcast.com slash Top Gun. Please leave a comment at the bottom of the page. On that page, you can also see our list of life lessons we learned, a link to the official trailer, some screenshots, and a little bit more there. And you can find a link to our Watch and Learn podcast Facebook page where you can comment as well. So thank you very much for listening, and we will return next week with Venom. Venom.